what brought you to sign the craft? So, yeah, there's a, uh, you know, several steps along the way from Victoria for doing a bunch of postdocs. Um, uh, but then after about four years of postdocs, the job market in Canada was not the greatest. Um, I barely applied to any jobs in Canada. Actually, I don't think I did to any. Um, there just wasn't a lot of opportunity um, due to economic reasons and whatnot. And so I applied to many schools uh, all over the place, like maybe... Uh, you know, 50 schools, and I had several interviews, and I had a few job offers, um, and um, one of them was Simon's Rock, and uh, yeah, I can, uh, I do remember the the uh, process of applying to Simon's Rock. I remember seeing the advertisement on mathjobs.org, which is a good place to look for academic jobs in math and computer science, and you know, the place definitely sounded unique. It sounded to me a little bit, uh, I mean, it's tough to know what the place is like, um, from reading a few paragraphs. And so partly I applied a little bit on a whim, to be honest. And, and I sort of knew in the back of my mind I wouldn't really get a sense of what the place was like until I came, uh, you know, if I was lucky enough to get an interview yeah. and whatnot. And so I was, and I came here for an interview, and uh, after having a tour and meeting a lot of people and giving a talk here, I sort of got a better sense of what this school was all about and it really clicked with me I really liked it I mean it was very I could tell it was very different than the experience I had as an undergrad where you know I was a very motivated student right yeah. but uh, I didn't have much contact with professors during my undergrad at all like you know very minimal it's sort of like there's a division between the professor and the students maybe you get in a few words uh, after class and you know you can go to office hours if you want but there isn't really that connection between the students and faculty like there is here um, and so I saw that as a real nice opportunity um, both from a teaching side and from the students point perspective and another thing that I've noticed you know previously on my postdocs I've taught courses at um, you know Victoria McGill uh, Carleton um, and you know, at these different places, it was always a challenge to trying to get students to talk in classes and to give, you know, to be engaged. Yeah. So it's almost like this flat lecture style where it's, you know, the, the professor is almost like giving a video of a lecture. Um, and I got the sense here that the students were just really engaged in the classes and asking a lot of questions. So that really appealed to me as well. And the size of the classes really appealed to me as well. So, so just that idea of being able to make a personal connection and, you know, just being really present, everybody being really present in a lecture was a big appeal to me. Uh, and it's a completely different experience teaching here than it is um, at a bigger research university. So, and I also like the small size because, uh, well, I don't know, I like seeing the same people all the time. It's, it, it's more fun like this. You get to know people a yeah. lot better. So I'm happy with my choice, and I've been really enjoying it here. What, um, like what, what else do you do during the academic year besides okay. teaching? Yeah, so for, from the student's perspective, it might look like we just teach and that's it. But teaching is only about half the job. So, oh, um, yeah, I mean, we're expected to do a certain amount of research, which we try and squeeze into the free hours during the school year. Um, we also, and then in the summers, you have lots of times for research. I mean... 
in the arts and whatnot, you have different things to take care of other than research. But, um, uh, and we also go to conferences. So this summer I've gone to, we'll go to four conferences in total. One in uh, Saskatoon, oh. which is uh, sort of in the middle of Canada. One in Vancouver and one in Slovenia and then one in Kingston, Kingston. Ontario. Um, the one in Kingston will be, I'll be able to take three students. I'm hoping they're all going to be able to make it. Um, Jody Leonard, Aaron Santiago, and Harrison Gregg. So we all participated in writing a paper last year, which came out of the combinatorial algorithms course that I taught last fall. And we spent time during that semester and also the spring semester of 2015 writing a paper. And it got accepted at this conference called the Canadian Computational Geometry uh, Conference. Um, is that right? CCCG, Canadian, oh, Canadian Conference on Computational Geometry. And that's in Kingston, Ontario this year. And so I'll get to bring them to that conference, which is going to be a nice experience for all of us as well. Um, yeah, and it gives the students a taste of uh, uh, what academic life is. So yeah, research, conferences, writing papers, and then the other side of the job besides teaching is sort of like academic development and uh, service to the school. So that involves sitting on different committees. For example, I was on the LATA committee this year, the Liberal Arts and the Digital Age um, Committee. We are all involved in developing the curriculum. Um, in the summers, we also write grants to try and raise money for research and for the school. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of things that we do that the students aren't always aware of. So sometimes when we're busy, it's, you know, it's not we're trying to keep up to date with our class, but we have other things going on. Does your teaching ever change drastically as a professor? Um, I mean, that's a good question. Um, it can. I mean, at a bigger uh, institution, like say at Waterloo, they'd have 20 or 30 computer science professors. So there's room for you to switch. A uh, place here, like at the moment, um, Jackson and myself are the only uh, instructors in computer science. So there isn't a whole lot of opportunity to completely change. I mean, we, we have to be sort of broad teachers here and sort of teach a little bit of everything. Um, although that, that is nice because I can teach uh, interesting courses and uh, you know I can change them up from time to time and try new courses. Um, uh, but yeah, your teaching certainly changes over the years on how you do it and how you approach it. Um, even if you're not changing exactly what you're teaching, you can certainly change how you teach it. Yeah, wait, so your previous teaching institution was at McGill, mm -hmm. right? Was that a big school? Yeah, that's a big school. So maybe 20,000 students, maybe even more, I'm not sure. And so <clears throat> there, if, and the teaching expectations are much lower. You teach three courses a, a year instead of three courses a semester. And so typically someone would just teach courses that they're specialized in. So I, the course I taught there was in algorithms. And you know you could get by just teaching algorithms courses say, um, because uh, you know there's enough people to teach other things. Yeah, so transitioning from McGill to Simon Drock, how hard was your first year of teaching here? Oh, definitely an adjustment. So um, I had to teach things that were outside of my specialty, for sure. I mean, my first semester, combinatorial algorithms, I was only teaching one class because I was finishing my postdoc at McGill. So in the fall semester of 2014, I was commuting between here and Montreal, which was kind of a crazy situation. Um, and then in my 
winter semester here, or my spring semester 2015, I was teaching three classes, algorithms and data structures, programming languages, and discrete math. And the programming languages course, I, you know, I had never taught that. I'd never taken it as an undergraduate. You know, it was something that I was interested in, but I didn't know much about. So, and when you're teaching something that you haven't yourself taken as a student, it takes more time to prep, obviously, because you don't really know the material too far in advance before you're teaching it. Um, so that, it was exciting, though, and that, that was another reason coming here appealed to me, was it would give me an opportunity to learn as much as to teach and do research. So I enjoy that challenge of trying to uh, learn a little bit about something before teaching it. So that'll similarly be the case of the mod course I'm teaching next, this coming year in, um, in computer gadgets and uh, digital media. And similarly, there'll be the occasional course I'll teach here that uh, is going to require me to do, you know, a lot of reading in advance. But, uh, you know, I'm excited by that, and it's fun. Yeah, so you mentioned that because Simon Rock is a small school, sometimes we have classes with um, students coming from different backgrounds academically. Mm -hmm. Is there any advice that you would give to incoming freshmen? That's a good question. I mean, I think the best thing to do is maybe contact the professors you're taking courses with and ask if there's any specific preparation they would suggest. I don't think there's any kind of blanket statement for incoming students. I think getting in touch with your individual professors is nice. And again, that's something you wouldn't do at a bigger institution. Um, but here, I mean, I've had several of the incoming uh, freshmen email me and I've been able to say, oh, you know, maybe look into taking uh, uh, an online course on Python or something or do this or do that. And similarly, I think most professors are responsible, responsive to that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was that, like, freshman year, I would have tutoring sessions, but I was just, like, too proud to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is definitely something that students need to get over. Um, you know, I agree. I think some students have the feeling that only people at the bottom of the class go to office hours, and that is completely not the case. I would say, actually, it's students who are chasing the top of the class are often the ones coming to office hours. And definitely take advantage of those. Definitely take advantage of tutors and all those sort of things. There's no reason to be to have any pride on this on things like this. This is like basic stuff you need to do. Just like in a regular job, you, talk, you have to talk to your colleagues, right? You learn from your colleagues just like you learn from other students and learn from other people that are discussing the material. Uh, just being isolated and just doing things yourself, uh, A, it takes longer to figure this stuff out. B, um, you miss out on a lot of things you would, you would, would otherwise um, be seeing from talking to people. C, you miss out on some relationships you could form. I mean, there's all kinds of different benefits to talking to other people about course material talking to your professors, talking to other students, talking to tutors. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm guessing that in your you know, first year, maybe you felt a little more isolated and uh, yeah. not as connected uh, as you do now. Yeah. Especially this year, I went to um, my math tutor, Nathan Zadowski, mm -hmm. like every other day for help with a vector cow. Yep. Yeah, and it's like it wears off. Someone When you're talking to someone that knows more about something, you know, they help you with the material, but just the way they go about things, often you learn little things you didn't realize you would learn. I had a similar experience when I did my master's. Um, one of my roommates was Mike LaCroix. He's now doing a postdoc at MIT. We would, have, we would take the same classes, and we'd have the same assignments, 
and my assignments would be twice as long. It would take me twice as many hours to do it, and he would get a better mark. <laughs> and he just was more direct about his proofs. It was like he would include everything that needed to be included, where I was like including some things I didn't need to include. I wasn't precise about the things I was saying. And, you know, we would talk about them afterwards. And he was nice enough to be a little bit direct and maybe even harsh with me on certain things. Like, there's no reason for you to include that sentence, you know. And doing so is showing that you don't totally understand what you're doing, which is great feedback, right? And so that really hardened me up in terms of writing concise and correct proofs. And so, I mean, I try and do the same with the students. Sometimes they might think it's being overly tough, but it's it's really, that's where you're taking your skills to the next level. Yeah. Um, and so it was invaluable experience for me to room with Mike and sort of read his assignments and really, you know, maybe similar to how Nathan was helping you out last, last semester. And, and again, it's like learning from other people is just essential. So students who isolate themselves and don't look for help, even if they're doing well, uh, you know, are really missing out. Uh, yeah, so when I'm sitting in here going over a proof with someone and, you know, their eyes are kind of glazing over and they're not following what's going on, like, hey, I was there. I've been there, you yeah. know. Well, it was nice talking to you, Aaron. You too, Oscar. I guess I'll see you tomorrow for this. Yeah, it was a pleasure being, I think, your guys' first uh, radio interview. Uh, I hope the other ones are just as fun. And, uh, yeah, thanks for including me. And, uh, you know, best of luck with the project. I think it's a great idea. And many thanks to Oscar as well for sitting down for this interview. Yeah, and I definitely agree with getting help from other students. Meeting with tutors here is actually a really great way to get to know upperclassmen. Although, make sure you know what your tutor looks like, because I remember when I went for my first tutoring session, I went over to the wrong person because I didn't know who my tutor was. So yeah, it can be awkward, but still do it anyways, because who knows, your tutors might even become your friends. And on behalf of David Mateos, Eli, and myself, thanks for listening. Be on the lookout for future episodes, and if you want to hop on the mic, shoot career development an email, and we can make that happen. Until then, stay healthy, don't get infracted. See you next time.